to the 18th episode of our podcast series for advisors considering the independent space. Today's episode is building your business today as if you're selling it tomorrow. I'm Mindy Diamond, and this is Mindy Diamond on Independence. This podcast is available on our website, diamond-consultants.com and on wealthmanagement.com, as well as iTunes and other resources. In our last episode, we discussed the ever-expanding waterfall of opportunities in the independent space, many of which allow a breakaway advisor to join an existing firm, to be able to leverage an already built-out infrastructure, offload the minutiae of running the business, and tap into a sense of community and synergy. In today's episode, I'd like to discuss a topic that most anyone considering independence wonders about. It's the enterprise value and M&A. So we'll explore the answers to three very important questions in this episode. One, how do you build a business with tangible enterprise value? Two, how do you position your firm to be an attractive home for other breakaways and RIAs looking to sell or merge? And three, so what's the big deal about M&A? Why is it so important? Let's begin by answering that last question first. M&A, or mergers and acquisitions, are important because after years of strong growth, many successful businesses ultimately find themselves plateauing and unable to maintain the growth that got them where they are today. Each advisor's business might be different, but as the law of large numbers kicks in, it makes it harder to really move the needle. And that symptom is near universal. Year-over-year growth becomes ho-hum. Adding inorganic growth to organic growth via M&A or recruiting offers a means to expand into new markets, to improve buying power, to gain scale, and capture operating leverage, which is the degree to which a firm incurs a combination of fixed and variable costs. In the case of an independent wealth management firm, operating leverage increases when fixed expenses remain constant, but revenue continues to grow, and nothing has a greater impact on operating leverage or overall profitability than inorganic growth. M&A can also increase the metrics by which the valuation of a business is based. In our industry, for every $500 million or so in assets under management, the multiple that would be applied to EBITDA will rise. So that two firms, one with, say, $500 million in AUM and another with a billion, even if they have similar EBITDA and other critical metrics, would be valued differently. And one of the most important reasons that an independent firm might look to merge, sell, or acquire is to solve for succession or to create a next-gen opportunity that allows for greater capacity and enhanced capabilities. So if we agree on the powerful impact that inorganic growth can have on a firm, how then do you make yourself attractive to a seller? After all, Every wealth management firm fancies themselves a buyer, yet most fail in their efforts to successfully recruit or acquire, even after years of trying. So what's missing? 
The truth is that most firms decide that they're ready to accelerate growth by acquisition and jump headfirst into the game without adequate preparation. If a firm interested in being a buyer doesn't first put its own house in order, a successful deal is near impossible. In this seller's market, where sellers hold all the cards, there is no shortage of prospective buyers for a firm, and so no one would sell to a firm they don't believe is ready for prime time. Okay, so how does a prospective buyer make certain it is the most attractive house in the neighborhood? Let's consider five things. So first, conduct an ongoing self-assessment. Be rigorously self-aware and honest about your firm's warts. What can you do to plug the holes? And do that. Be transparent about what you are looking to accomplish through acquisition because prospective sellers don't want to join a firm whose only interest is in gathering assets. Secondly, clarify your value proposition and client service model. You would be amazed, and I'm amazed, how many advisors launch independent firms, have a successful first year growing their existing business, feeling like a kid in a candy store because they're embracing a newfound sense of freedom. Then, in year two, they express readiness to grow further by acquisition because they see what we've discussed about. They understand the impact that recruiting an M&A can have on operating leverage and a positive impact on overall profitability. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But if you don't take the time to really define what your secret sauce is, what you do for clients better, or how you differentiate yourself from anyone else in the market, then success will likely be dim. So the questions you need to be able to address are what is it about your firm that makes it uniquely able to support a prospective seller and services clients? How will joining your firm make the seller grow faster and service his clients better? What are your specific areas of expertise and resources? How will you add to the seller's capabilities? Is your tech stack state-of-the-art? You need to be able to answer these threshold questions for a prospective seller. And finally, this critical one. Why would we grow faster with you than without you? Number three, does your firm have a robust infrastructure and professional management? Do you have excess capacity to add both advisors and assets? If not, an acquisition can be detrimental to everyone concerned. The key then is to demonstrate that the buyer is a legitimate enterprise, that there are systems, comp plans, technology, and growth plans in place in order to maximize the firm's value over time. And firms that are professionally managed are absolutely in the best position to attract new talent. Number four, do you have an established or identified next generation? Firms that haven't solved for continuity and succession are at a distinct disadvantage. And if a firm hasn't developed the next-gen bench of talent and is solely reliant 
upon the founder for new business or founders, the firm's value at the end of the day will be weak. There needs to be a well-structured succession plan in place that includes a strategy for developing future leaders. And finally, number five, is your firm well-capitalized? Do you have the capital or access to it in order to successfully complete this acquisition or an acquisition and accomplish other predetermined growth initiatives as well? No seller wants to take on the risk of joining an undercapitalized firm, and that is why most M&A deals are done by firms backed by private equity, private money, or who have strong access to capital and know how to get deals done. It's one thing to have a desire to grow by acquisition, yet completely another to be well-positioned for success. As a prospective breakaway, an advisor who's building a firm from the ground up, my best advice is something we say often, begin with the end in mind. If you know that you will want to create an enterprise, a business that will be attractive to sellers and have maximum value at day's end, then it is critical to attend to the list we just described from day one. I'd like to say one thing additionally here. There are plenty of advisors who choose to go independent simply because they want greater freedom and control and the ability to grow their own book of business faster. There is nothing wrong with that. But for those that desire to maximize enterprise value, then attending to the list we just described is critical. In our next episode, we will be discussing why and how we've been seeing so many non-protocol teams making the leap to independence. A hint, banking on the upside of independence, these teams are accepting a level of risk many would never have previously dreamed of. If independence is achievable for advisors with the most post-employment restrictions in place or the most onerous restrictions, Think Goldman Sachs, for example, because of a garden leave provision that most other advisors at other firms don't have, they are the primary example. Then it certainly is the case for those that still enjoy protocol status. This will be a powerful discussion, and I hope you'll join us. Until then, I encourage you to visit our newly launched website, diamond-consultants.com, and click on the tools and resources link for valuable content. And if you're not already a recipient of our weekly email, Perspectives for Advisors, click on the blog link to browse recent articles. Feel free to email or call me if you have specific questions. I can be reached by phone at 908-879-1002 or by email mdiamond at diamond-consultants.com. Please know that all requests are handled with complete discretion and confidentiality. I thank you for listening. I also want to thank WealthManagement.com for sharing this podcast with their viewers and subscribers. This is Mindy Diamond on Independence. Independence.